Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone, this is Breaking the Cycle Two Step Forward podcast number three. And today we are going to be speaking about healthy relationships with me, Chris Tuck, and... And it's myself, Beverly Ann. And what's lovely is we're speaking from lived experience, but also from a professional concept as well. Absolutely. So how do we start this off? So we've already had a little bit of a brainstorm and some questions. We need to know, don't we, Beverly, what a healthy relationship actually looks like and what we actually want from a relationship what do you say to your clients and what is often the response well the hardest thing is when you're working on relationships I always say the first thing we need to do is work on our relationship with ourselves, which could be really daunting because if we've never been in a healthy relationship and we're talking about as a child here with your parents or your caregivers, siblings, people that are around you, how do you know what is a healthy relationship? So if you've not been nurtured, how do you know to nurture yourself? So it's very easy to think about what we want from others than what it is about ourselves. So that's the first step I always look at. What is it we want from a relationship with somebody else? Okay, and what is often the reply that you get? Well, if I ask you then, I'll put you on the spot then, Chris. (laughs) So just give me three things that are important to you in a relationship with other people. Trust. Yeah. Love. Yeah. And support. Support. Now, they're three fantastic values okay and we all have different meanings around them so if I was to ask you about trust what does trust mean to you that I can be my authentic self as in I can show up however I show up whether it is sad crying angry happy so that I am able to show that without getting any negative repercussions back or any further abuse or harm back. Um, So trusting that person in my life to be able to support me in whichever way I show up. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next word, love. Um, Unconditional, really, again a person that's going to be there for me no matter what. Mm-hmm. And the last one, support. What does support mean to you? Oh, these are all interlinked, aren't they, a little bit? Um, so support for me would be, even if it seems a crazy idea to someone else, that they support me in my decisions, and if things go wrong, it doesn't matter it's my decision so even if someone feels like I was stupid or crazy to do something or follow a path that I'm on that they won't actually talk me out of it they will actually support me in helping me make a decision or decisions around that and help me move forwards um and if it goes wrong 
also to be there to support me. Yeah. To, to allow me to make my own mistakes. Yeah. And making mistakes is a great way of learning. So first of all, thank you, because you've you've said one or two things as well that comes to light when we start looking at them because they become interlinked. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's what we want from someone else. Yes. But this is the scary bit often. Okay. Are we able to do that for ourselves? So, for instance, the trust in yourself about being your authentic self to yourself. And in my mind, that comes up as the word acceptance of self. So another question I'm going to ask you is, how critical are you of yourself at times, Chris? In the past, I could have been very critical of myself purely because of those inner voices that I heard as I was growing up, you know, all of the emotional abuse and a lot of people can resonate with that as I know you can. Um, when you're told you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're thick, and that is your everyday, you do believe that to a certain extent. It did, never felt right with me, but you do believe it to a certain extent until you prove otherwise. And when I proved to myself otherwise that I wasn't those names and labels, I was able to go, no, I can prove to you I'm not that. Um, however, anything new or anything outside of my comfort zone, some of that language does appear back up. Yeah, and that's so normal. And thank you so much for sharing that because that is normal. And can you see how now, if you're able to give yourself love in those times, yeah, you're actually starting to have the relationship with yourself first and foremost that you would like from someone else. So when you say give yourself love when those critical voices come up, raise their ugly heads, mm. what, what does that actually look like? Um, is it being kind to yourself? Is it actually refuting those voices that are coming into your head? What, what is it? What does it look like? Well, this is where I would use my own toolbox because just like you, mine is trust, respect and honesty. And like you say, at one time, that's what I always wanted from an outside relationship, you know, friendship, but I didn't always trust in myself. And if I'm honest, I didn't always respect myself. I didn't know how to. That's something I've learned now. You know, even starting a podcast, you know this is our third episode we'd like to say that you just do it find the information and get on with it no it's a learning and it means that we're coming to the table we're putting ourselves out publicly and yet we don't know all the information and I'm one of these people I like to understand the workings of everything and so I've had to trust in myself and really talk to myself and reassure myself, it's okay. This is a learning, share it. Absolutely. And I just think that because we are able to be insightful and verbalize what's going on for us, it does really help other individuals that are maybe not so far in their journey as we are because we work with people on a daily basis as well, as well as having our own insight from our own lived experiences, 
I think that that is gold nuggets really to bring to the table for others to listen to if they choose to use it or if it resonates with them. Absolutely. And these are the nuggets that we often crave for. We want to learn. We, you know, it's something that we wanted as a child to learn. You know, as a parent, I know that when my children have done something growing up, it's not, oh, you did that wrong, that's silly. It's like, okay, you made a mistake, doesn't matter. You know, you did well in what you were doing and you'll continue to do well. So you like to think that every child has that, that, that basis, but we don't. So now it's trying to acknowledge, as we said about tapping into ourselves um, in uh, podcast number two, we're doing it in a different way now. So what we're saying is this is the relationship I want, but I need to start with myself. And for yourself, when you said about support, you want someone to be able to support you in your decisions, no matter what you do. And that, again, is something that, you know, when we become self-critical of ourselves and we're human beings, it's remembering, okay, I am critical of myself. What support am I giving myself? And even by being able to be honest. So I, I will say that for me, being vulnerable was mm. one of my hardest things. And it yeah. took me a long time to learn. It's probably one of my last things that I've learned more. And in being vulnerable, it's meant that I'm being honest in my relationship with myself, which is something I crave. And I hear that really strongly. And the reason why I'm smiling is because I spoke to my counsellor yesterday about exactly the same thing about being vulnerable. She said... The mask that I put on to the world is that I'm strong, nothing brings me down, and I don't need any help. That's what I present to the world. Yeah. So I don't get that back because people look at me and think that I don't need help and support, where in fact I do. But for me, being vulnerable is opening myself up to potentially being abused again potentially being harmed again and um, potentially having um like you said doing this podcast having negative things said about us um and that all goes back to that inner child not having those foundations so she said to me make sure that you have a few people around you that you trust that are safe and that are willing to develop a nurturing caring loving relationship between you not a physical one an emotional one yeah. yeah and then work on that she said you don't need loads of people you just need trusted few that yes. you can move forwards with um, and that's what I'm going to be working on <laughs> yeah. that's what's so fantastic to hear because you know people see one persona of you of me of others and it's human nature to make make a judgment so the fantastic thing is you learned some fantastic strong survival skills to get through your childhood which is fantastic but now it's finding balance it's yeah. being able to being able to to reassure yourself actually, I'm safe to do this, I can do this. And when that young child comes up and says, 
help I'm feeling nervous that's when you go back to your three values you know well hold on I want to, I need to give you some more love at the moment you know what do I need to trust in what we're doing what support do I need now and in support is is there someone I need to reach out for is there something that I I can do for myself is there something that maybe just sometimes we need a hug mm. you know just sometimes we need to let it out to someone whatever it is we you know and we're not talking about necessarily a personal relationship we're talking about you know from a colleague yeah yeah so and it's about loving ourselves and I think it's Beverly it's just having the space to vent sometimes because as we've said so many times when it's sitting here and it's gone round and round in your head it just becomes so much noise it becomes so heavy it can literally make you immobile and because I've got sorry got lots of victim and survivors at the moment individuals that I personally know that are in this space and it is literally about how can you break that cycle to step forwards and it's about exactly what you just said give your inner child your inner voice whatever you want to call it what it needs acknowledge it voice it and provide it as the adult in your own life provide that inner self inner child what it's calling out for and i love that about giving a voice because one of the things i'll say is often when we're stuck in trauma we're unable to give it a voice so yeah. that's the, where the silence comes from. Um, our brain actually sh shuts it down. So we're unable to voice it. And there's also the emotional side of it. However, giving ourselves a voice doesn't necessarily have to be talking to a person. It can be that we're recording it. It can be that we go into the middle of a field and scream. We can write it down. We can do it in a poetry form. We can do it through music through art. art you know so finding a way and so you know even as I'm talking now I can hear in my head you know some of the times that I've listened to different people and think oh it's all right for you to say that you just don't understand and what we're yeah. saying is there is no one way but by being isolated and that's what it does it isolates you when it stays inside and it's internal it isolates you and it's really lonely and you start to believe you're, you're the only one going through it and actually no so by being able to acknowledge it look at what it is we want from a relationship being then able to internalize that and question ourselves not in a harsh way but then when we learn that, we're able then to look at our relationships from outside. Yeah. So let's just go back and touch upon what does a good relationship look like, whether it's a caregiver and a child, whether it's you and your partner, what does a good, healthy relationship look like? And we can brainstorm this together. Yeah. Well, for me personally, it's about enabling each person to be themselves without mm -hmm. the mask on and respecting each other. So I love some of the values that you've said, you know, trusting in each other that, that not uh, unintentionally you're not going to hurt each other because sometimes we can 
um, I mean intentionally, sorry, because unintentionally sometimes we can say something that can offend someone. But then if that other person says, actually, I didn't like what you said or ow, that hurt, I'm sorry, I, that's not my intention. So I love that, that um, in a relationship you can be yourselves and, and, and then be able to support each other when the other one needs it because we all need support at sometimes yeah but in a healthy way what about you chris so i just wanted to touch on the power dynamics in a relationship so obviously when it's a caregiver in a child the adult in that relationship needs to be a role model so if a child sees violence hears violence they are going to not be brought up in a loving, nurturing, caring environment. And often, I'm not saying we go on to be violent because that's not right and, it, and it's a myth that needs to be busted. But what it does, it makes us not know what healthy looks like and to attract a healthy relationship. Um, so I want to touch on another quote in a minute with you that we just discussed. But you know, so that power dynamic where the caregiver has the power and the control over the child, um, that can come and bite a victim and survivor um, on the butt in different ways as they grow up, teenager, um, young adult, older adult, and it can really impact people. And this quote, um, you attract what you give out we've discussed this and what does that say to you Beverly? when i used to hear that years ago uh, and i didn't understand i i found i found that really triggering myself yeah. if i'm really honest it would make me really angry mm -hmm. and i'd say like i haven't deserved this I, I i didn't do anything so i'm not going to talk as a child i'm going to talk about power dynamics as an adult because i didn't know how to you know you don't have the control when you're a child but yeah. What I was doing, you know, my adult life, I was giving the power away in relationships. I was the, always the giver. I didn't know how to receive love. I'd give love, but I didn't know how to receive it. And can and, I just stop you there just for a minute? I just want to yeah. jump in. Um, because we were always trying to please our caregivers so that we wouldn't get abused so we're trying to calm the waters where people pleasers we're trying to so we almost shut down what we needed to give it over to the caregiver who was abusive because we wanted to calm the waters and you've just literally you're doing that in your relationships yeah because what you know isn't that what you've learned exactly you don't know no. any differently and and when i look back as well I wanted you know I wanted things to be very different to, for my children and in fact you know one of my biggest words now is balance because I went completely the other way I tried to create this white picket fence home environment where there was no arguments that there was no abuse and and life's not like that no absolutely not but you know that's a clear pathway of of you know becoming and giving in a relationship what you gave as a child because of what was going on yeah. dysfunctional toxic dysfunctional toxic you know and bringing that balance in is so important and, and 
you know, you said something, you touched on something that used to really upset me and really infuriate me, you know, just because being in an abusive relationship as a child, you know, I'm going to be that, you know, I was really scared to have children. I was frightened that I was going to be this monster that was going to abuse my children. Yeah. And, um, you know, in lots of different ways as well. And I have to say that took lots of learning. Yeah. So that's why when I come back, so always it is about our relationship with self. Because I know with my own relationship, I do trust myself. I do respect myself and I do love myself. However, there are times, like we said, you know, doing the podcast, absolutely, that's that's the subconscious. That's all my different messages I heard that I actually have to acknowledge them and then reassure them. And I use that using different tools. And I just want people to know that even though we're in our recovery, you know, long way down the line, we're human beings. And it doesn't stop. It's like your plant behind you, the one behind me. Just because you give it water and it looks healthy, we don't stop. Mm. You know, we continue. So because we wanted to continue being healthy. And that's the same with giving ourselves love once we've learned how to do it. Going back to that quote, you, you attract what you give out. So obviously it was triggering for you. And for me, I'm like, I didn't ask to be abused. Yeah. I, you know, um, and I give out, I personally think I give out lots of love, lots of support. Um, and I would like to get that back. However, when I do get it back, I almost push it away. And I know lots of victim and survivors that are in relationships, healthy, functional relationships, but they're so not used to having nice things or being complimented or treated well, that they almost self-sabotage the relationship and create a drama or create something that makes that relationship almost go sour and the relationship breaks up. So yes. how do we fix, which would be a healthy relationship and a happy relationship, but because of our past, we are creating almost a dysfunctional relationship. How, how, how do we fix that? So I think we come back to the support first of all. So it's about finding out who we are and, and it's just start with us. It starts with ourselves, regardless of who you are. It starts with yourself. So that comes in the way of support so that you are able to be, this is who I am and get the support. And it's something I do continually. You know, that will not go. I'll always do that. But I do it with other people and I do it with myself. And then that way, we then, one of the things I've learned, you know, about that vulnerability you were talking about in the relationship that I've learned to is at times not knowing all the answers. I'm not in control. I don't know all the answers. And actually, this is how I feel. Not saying you do this, you do that, you do. It's like, well, this is how I feel. And the reason why I do that is because then I take ownership for how I feel and I can make choices. Mm -hmm. So if that person's not responding in a way that's right for me, then I can say this is not right for me. And then I can make a decision about where I am in the relationship and is this a relationship I want to be in and again that's empowering yourself isn't it by just saying actually whatever's going on here I'm not quite sure what's going on but it 
doesn't make me feel right. It makes me feel like this. Therefore, I actually don't want that. So I can either work with you to change this dynamic because it's always two people in a relationship. Um, and I'm not saying both are always the cause of a dysfunctional relationship, yeah. but the fact that you're not able to speak up and verbalize it almost, almost sets the tone for that person to carry on as they want to, and it ain't right. No. So it's like, can that relationship, dysfunctional relationship, toxic, abusive relationship, if it is, can it be fixed? Is the other person reasonable? Will they change? Will they take responsibility for self and their part in it? If yes, you may have a, a route to a happier, healthier relationship. If that doesn't exist, if they keep on taking, if they keep on being abusive, then at some stage, you've got to have words with yourself, have conversations with yourself about actually, is this relationship serving you? Is it holding you back? Or actually, is it destroying you? Um, yes. And what is it you're going to do? Because, Bev, we often hear, don't we, um, like my mum was in an an abusive marriage um so was my dad uh, and there was another one um but it's like I can't leave and again I can't judge because I've never been in a relationship like that and there are lots of women and men out there that are in abusive relationships and they can't leave or they do leave and then they go back um so we are not blaming any blame we are not judging anybody we're just saying take stock look at the relationship you're in are you happy are you healthy are you being supported are you being loved are you not being judged all of those things that you deserve yeah you deserve to be happy loved yeah, and da, 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 da. absolutely so all of that you deserve are you getting that and if not do you want out and if you do want out what is it that you need help and support with to make that happen Absolutely. And that's why going back to the support of knowing what you want in yourself, you, if you're in a relationship that you're unable to verbalise how you feel, yeah. is that a relationship? Well, we know it isn't, but when you're in that kind of relationship, oh, you don't see the wood for the trees. Absolutely. And I see that when I look back as a young yeah. adult, you know, I look back and I'm actually really sad for that, that young girl that young girl who thought she was in a lovely, loving, happy relationship, but it wasn't, it was controlling. And, and the bit that I attracted was, I fueled that, you know, because I, I, I was grateful, there you go, I was grateful for being loved. So the power dynamics. Yeah. Now I've heard that so many times where adult survivors that I've spoken to I've been in these toxic relationships and they literally, exactly what you said, grateful for someone loving them. But look at the relationship. Was it actually loving, nurturing, caring? No. Let's be honest, when I look back there, you know, there was a black void inside of me, a big dark hole that if anybody knew, and my friends, if they knew who I really was because of the yeah. shame, the guilt, that they wouldn't want to be in a relationship with me. They wouldn't want to be a friend. So it was only when I was able to work on my own self 
and actually let go of shame, guilt, and all, all of that. And it's not my guilt, it's not my shame that I've been able to function in healthy relationships with myself and in relationships. Yeah. Wow, this is deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's very deep. And we've got this about is... a minute left. So, okay. Chris, yes. after going through all of that, what would you like to say to close? Because we've got about a minute left because we try to keep this all within 30 minutes. We do. And we've covered indeed. an immense amount. We do. We'd be really interested in people's comments. And also, I think maybe the next podcast needs to be about boundaries so we can build upon this healthy relationship theme healthy relationship with self with friends with partners and with children because of generational stuff and families family dynamics exactly so let's go there next week yes yes no. family dynamics I just like to say um, thank you for anyone listening in. Um, this is something that we're both very passionate about. And like you said, if anyone's got any questions, please contact us, you know, message us, and we would like to come back to you. If there's anybody listening and there's they have a question that they want answered, we could do it with them as a guest possibly if they wish to if they want to be anonymous we can do it in that way but we will be having guests come which will be exciting as well so thank you for everyone listening it's about breaking the cycle to step forward and raising awareness you're not alone we often think we are and we're not and actually once you're able to find a voice in whatever way it really is well, I don't know about you, Chris. It transformational. Yes. Yes. And on that note, Chris, I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, please like and subscribe to our channel. We would really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And subscribe on the button, which we you'll be seeing probably up on the screen right now. Fabulous. Okay. See you next time, Beverly. Okay, Chris. Bye. Bye.